Today is one of those days when there's a number of things going on. Did you know today is a palindrome day? It's 02022020. The same going frontwards or backwards, and we will not have that again for more than a thousand years. There you go. It's Groundhog Day. Did Punxsutawney Phil, did he see his shadow? I'd never even heard, so, and does it really matter? <laughs> and today is the first Sunday in February, which means, of course, that it is Super Bowl Sunday. It is upon us. And because we're here and not in Miami, that means we did not score tickets to the big game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. How many uh, 49ers fans do we have out here today? Oh, look at them all. All right. Kansas City Chiefs fans? A few of you. How many of you don't really care one way or the other? There you go. All right. So uh, you can support whichever team you want at our Super Bowl of Caring display in the Narthex, the proceeds of which all will go toward uh, hunger needs in our community. That's what that is about each year on Super Bowl Sunday. And if you don't really care about the 49ers, you don't really care about the Chiefs, you can put it into the Puppy Bowl. Uh, that is a, uh, an option as well. So for some of us, this day is all about the thrill of the game as two teams come together to uh, see who is going to emerge as the winner of the Super Bowl. For others, it's about getting together with friends. It's the food. It's the snacks of Super Bowl Sunday. Day, right? And for the rest of us, we doesn't really give a hoot one way or the other. And then there's tomorrow, which is the day after the Super Bowl. And do you know what tomorrow is? It is Monday, and it is the day with the highest employee absenteeism rate of the entire year. That is a well-known factoid out there. Here at St. John's, though, we will be open for business tomorrow. So uh, no matter where you're from or, or which team you're rooting for, we'll, we will be watching to see the work of each team's quarterback. Jimmy uh, Garoppolo from the 49ers, uh, Patrick Mahomes from the Chiefs as they lead their teams out onto the field. We'll see the work of each team revealed in the Super Bowl. And with all of this before us, we are called to see his work. Not the work of the quarterbacks, but in a larger sense, the work of God, who is indeed at work in the world and in each of our lives, the work of God, as that scripture verse for today that we read together tells us. Jews demand signs, Greeks seek wisdom. We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews, folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So the theme for this message, based on this passage, is entitled, See His Work. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. In this time of Epiphany, this season after Christmas and before the season of Lent, for some years now, our congregation has been engaged in outreach themes, 
very appropriate for the Epiphany season as we're called to live out the good news of Jesus. We call this serving Jesus, living in community. We abbreviate it sometimes being SJLC. There's a connection between that SJLC for serving Jesus, living in community, and our congregation's own name, St. John's Lutheran Church. And this year, our four-week series is a review of the themes we've been learning from our friend, Pastor Greg Finke, in joining Jesus on his mission. And today, we focus on one of those five questions, those practices, and one of those five attending questions. The one we're looking at is up in the upper right corner, that orange wedge, seeking the kingdom and the question which flows from it, how did you see God at work this week? It's a good question, but I believe that for many of us, we are so busily engaged with the stuff of daily life, all the demands and obligations of work and home and family and children's school and activities that we're just kind of running around trying to keep it all together in some small measure. And so this question may not even enter on our radar at all. So this is an opportunity for us to kind of step back for a moment, take a deeper breath, and consider the larger issue of life and God at work in our lives. What does that look like? The truth is that we have an awesome God who fashioned and formed us and all of creation, who loves us, who sent his only begotten son into the world to give his life for us, to rescue and redeem us. But you may ask, well, rescue and redeem us from what? Life's okay. We're pretty good. There's food on the table. We got a roof over our heads. Rescue and redeem from what? From a meaningless existence where we're just sort of stumbling along through life, not really knowing where we're going, why we're doing what we're doing, what life is all about. God sent his son to rescue and redeem us from that. From a life where we think everything revolves around us to the exclusion and to the detriment of others around us. This is what scripture, the word of God calls sin. That is life apart from God. And because we have a God who is genuinely concerned about each and every one of us and our well-being, he did not abandon us to a futile existence apart from him. God put a rescue plan into place through his son. And it centers on the life of Jesus, God's son, who came into the world to do for us what we could not do for ourselves, to live that life with God perfectly, wholly, completely. Jesus came to do for you and for me all of this to live that life of perfect obedience to the Father's will 
to offer his life on the tree of the cross as payment for all of our sins. And so through his life and ministry, his suffering and death and resurrection, Jesus has set us free from this futile, meaningless existence, from a self-centered way of life into one that is God-centered. Jesus has come to realign our lives according to his purpose so we would know identity and purpose and meaning in life according to God's plan and purpose. And at the center of this is the cross, Christ crucified, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now we can see all of this, Christ crucified for us in salvation, either as a stumbling block over which we'll trip and fall, or as the cornerstone of our lives. It's one or the other. And this will be the filter through which we see all of life. God did not intend that we would stumble and fall over his own son, Jesus, that we would somehow, through Jesus, be driven farther and farther away from God, quite the opposite, but that through Jesus, we would be able to be built into him who is the cornerstone and come to know our Father as the loving, forgiving, gracious God that he is. At first glance, though, Christ crucified looks like anything but power and wisdom. It looks like complete failure and utter powerlessness. But if we're honest with ourselves, we don't always see things as they truly are, do we? God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even the things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. All of this through Christ crucified, all of this has been done for us, not by us. And because of what God and Christ has done for us, we start to see the world. We start to see our lives through new eyes. We begin to see God at work in the world and in our lives, not because of anything we've done, but because of God's amazing grace his undeserved love and forgiveness. It's interesting that word power comes up several times in this text from Paul the Apostle. And in the original language of the New Testament, that word is dynamis, where we get our word dynamite. That's the power of God, explosive even, to blast away the hard stone-like crust of our hearts and minds that shuts out the light and love of God, blasting that away, transforming stony hearts into fertile fields where gospel seeds of forgiveness, mercy, 
grace and love in Jesus can take root and flourish. Because of all this, we begin to see the power of God and the wisdom of God at work in the world and in our lives. At the uh, 8 o'clock service this morning, uh, we didn't have children who were able to come forward for the children's message, so I incorporated it into the sermon, and I'm going to do it again now. So you see what I've got here. It's a little flashlight, right? And this is one I brought from home, and you need a flashlight when the power goes out, right? You've got to have something to hold on to. Um, but what happens when there's nothing? That's a frustrating experience, right? When the power goes out and you're looking for a flash and there's nothing there. So this flashlight only has one battery, but it needs two. It doesn't have the power source it needs to shine. And if that's true with a flashlight, it's true for us as well when we are not connected to our power source, how are we going to shine? It's not going to happen. So this is opportunity for us to stay connected to him who is our power source, Christ crucified, the power and the wisdom of God through his word where he speaks to us, through his Holy Supper, where he strengthens, forgives, encourages us in our journey of faith. That's our power source. So how did you see God at work this week in your life? You know, we're often looking for the big, flashy, dramatic work of God. The clouds part, the sun shines down, and suddenly everything becomes clear. That may happen, but I'm convinced more often than not, God works through ordinary, everyday means in the little things of life that really are not so little at all. As the prophet Micah tells us in today's Old Testament lesson, God calls us to see where he is working in the world to live out his grace and truth in our lives in this way. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with the Lord your God? This is where we will see God at work, through acts of justice, through living out God's loving kindness and in humility walking day by day with the Lord and with one another. Sometimes, maybe oftentimes, it takes others to point this out to us, to remind us, and that's why we need one another to do that very thing. As God is toward us, so we are to be toward one another, seeking what is good, not what is evil, looking for blessing, not for cursing. If there is to be hope and healing in this polarized, fractured nation that we live in, it must come from the Lord, and it will come about 
through each one of us as we do these very things. Do justice, loving kindness, walking humbly with the Lord our God as we live out the good news of Jesus, serving as his hands, his feet, his mouth in the world. See his work? <laughs> his work is all around us. You are his work. Now go forth to live as his work that God may be glorified and that our neighbor may be blessed. May God make it so for Jesus' sake. Amen.